Season Savers is brought to you by DHS Press for all the news that Titans need to know. Make sure to check out the Q&A with the Singaporean students that were visiting on an exchange trip, Teacher Tuesday with Miss Hutchins, and Fantasy Football Talk by me for Week 14 Start, Sits, and Waiver Wire pickups. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center, and no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Season Saviors. I'm Shane Riley, of course, joined here by Ian Whitfield, who... Has lost his voice because of a Dominion basketball game, so we'll see how this episode turns out. Ian, how are you doing today? Yeah, we had to change up the intro a little bit right there. I'm going to do my best to uh, not voice crack on you guys as much as possible, but Shane getting the the intro start today, spot starter for the intro, but we're going to jump right into it, Shane. Darius Geis, Washington Redskins running back, one of the standouts for this week. Yeah, I think he had great production on... uh, Limited carries. He only had 11 carries throughout the whole game uh, for 129 yards and two touchdowns against the Panthers, um, which, you know, with a with a good linebacking core like Shaq Thompson and who Darius Geis absolutely destroyed on one of those plays. But I think that uh, he put up almost 30 fantasy points on uh, a very small number of touches, which is um, both concerning and good to see. I think this is less of a statement of how good Darius Geis is, and I think it's more of a statement of how absolutely tragic the Carolina Panthers rush defenses and I know as a Panthers fan that was probably extremely painful to watch and now Ron Rivera is obviously gone sad day in Carolina yeah I mean Darius guys was averaging uh, 12.9 or 12.9 yards per carry had on 11 touches he was on the field for only 40 percent of snaps as you mentioned so that's a little area that you want to watch but He's sharing with Adrian Peterson still. He's still getting there. He showed really good glimpses, breaking tackles. He's agile. He's aggressive. And it's. I think he's. he has the potential to be a great running back. He just needs the opportunity. And, I mean, how often are the Redskins going to be rushing the football realistically, right? And even right then, in a game where they were winning most of the time, they only rushed the ball 11 times with Geis. It just so happened that he got some long runs and broke into the end zone a couple times. So, for me, Geis is not a guy – that you can turn to confidently. I think maybe he's a stash, even though we are getting late in the season, week 14 now. We are in playoffs. There's a lot of people that are not even playing anymore now that we're in playoffs. But if you want to maybe trade for him or see if he's on the waiver wire somehow, you could try to pick him up. Maybe that's the best I can give on Darius, guys. Yeah, I mean, you never know when an injury could occur late in the season. And his next three matchups are Green Bay, Philly, and New York, which I don't really feel confident in going against Green Bay or Philadelphia. But Mm -hmm. championship week... Week 16, he's up against the Giants. If someone's down or someone like that, you throw him in there, you could feel confident maybe him getting a couple big plays against uh, a New York Giants defense yeah. that isn't that great. Especially if um, Adrian Peterson is – or if he's starting to jump ahead of Adrian Peterson in those other weeks. Even if he's not getting the production, he's just getting the, the numbers. But with that said, heading into Devontae Parker now right here, Ryan Fitzpatrick with the start under center showed out in this game against the Eagles. The Eagles looked terrible. But they must have seen something in the scouting report because six foot three Devontae Parker up against five foot ten and five foot nine cornerbacks for the Eagles are their starting two cornerback heights. Like right there, like you have to think to yourself, how are you gonna defend that? And I think the Eagle or the 
Dolphins played this perfectly, shined with his seven receptions, 159 yards, two touchdowns, 34.9 fantasy points. I think Devontae Parker is a really bright spot on this Eagles team. I know we've talked about him week in and week out. He's able to put up consistent double-digit points and is a really strong flex option and has shown that he is the go-to guy for Fitzpatrick or if for some reason Fitzpatrick isn't starting, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I think Fitzpatrick has really locked down this role. I think that they've looked a lot better with him than with uh, Rosen, who oh, has yeah. really not shown anything in the NFL. But his his next three matchups are very favorable in his for him. Jets, Giants, Bengals. Mm-hmm. All those are horrible defenses that he could really show out against, even better than against Philadelphia. Um, he's the clear-cut number one receiver number one receiver on an offense that has looked better recently so I think that's that's something to look for he's also over 10 targets in his last four games so he's getting volume as well as yards and touchdowns um he's had six plus catches for more than 90 yards in his last three games and not only is he getting he's gonna have good matchups but he's also putting up good numbers against teams yeah and that actually takes us to Robert Woods now almost another wide receiver kind of finding himself in a same kind of situation as the same game as um, Devontae Parker. He popped off for about 30 fantasy points. Shane, what do you have to say? I think he's a very boomer bust player. 100%. Um, I think that's almost everyone on the Rams offense. I think that Sean McVay is a good offensive-minded person, but they're very inconsistent with Jared Goff. Uh, even Todd Gurley has been very inconsistent this year. Like Sometimes we see him where we were saying that he was the MVP that year, but that hasn't been the same this year at all. Um, he has five single-digit games this year, which is not something that you could feel confident in. Um, recently, he has been he has been uh, doing a lot better. Um, he's had over 90 yards in the last three times he's played, as he missed um, a game uh, against. He did play against Pittsburgh, the Ravens actually, and Arizona. But Arizona is ranked almost dead last, bottom yeah. three of the league against pass defense. Yeah, I was really disappointed in Robert Woods this year. I drafted him with pretty high hopes. I. It, he has project the average draft position was about the same as Cooper Cup, so it was basically, are you, who do you think is going to pop off this year more or less? And I took Robert Woods based off last year's production and how he's I feel like a better route runner, but obviously Cooper Cup shined this year in that place. And I know a lot of people thought Robert Woods was going to have a really down year after those first five ish weeks where he was only went about like twelve, and then he went back down to the eight nine, and then you were just like, okay, is this guy should he even be on my roster kind of thing. He has five double-digit games, as you mentioned, this year. He's so dependent on targets and receptions because he's not a big touchdown guy. Yeah, he had 13 catches. Yeah, he needs the targets, and he's not going to get a 13-reception game every single week. So here, I'm almost I'm scared to start Robert Woods still. Just Even with the next three matchups, Seahawks-Cowboys-49ers, as you mentioned, those are, all- those are all elite defenses against the pass. And... I don't see Robert Woods getting that production in an offense that has Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, uh, Brandon Cooks if healthy, sorry, Todd Gurley, and just power running that they do also. An inconsistent Jared Goff that has not been. Yeah, and Jared Goff has not looked good either. So I just don't see, with all of those factors put together, how Robert Woods can really remain being productive. For me, he's still a wide receiver three, a borderline flex. Yeah, uh, moving into the bus, Ian, we're going to go start it off with Zach Ertz. Yeah, I, I'm not – this guy kind of just put this in a weird way, but for me this is almost like a whatever kind of thing. He put up his 5.4, forget about it, whatever. It's going to happen, right? Th- at this point, he's such an elite tight end in a position that has next to no depth to it. 
how can you look at Zach Ertz and be after his last three weeks before this 5.4 and go 25.3, 18.4, 27.1 and not say, all right, yeah, I'm not starting Zach Ertz this week. He's too elite not to start. And even in an offense that we, for a while there, actually had us confused and a lot of people confused that Godert was going to step in and be this guy, he hasn't really picked it back up to where he was in those weeks six to eight. So for me, I think Zach Ertz is definitely still a, a top four tight end and you should not be concerned at all. Oh, I, I argue that he, he could be top two because Kittle has been injured and I yeah, mean, he had the long touchdown, but it's just his injury has really been concerning, especially since last week against the Ravens. Yes, they are a good defense, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he's arguably the Eagles' number one receiver. Um, I think that he's when's his favorite target, and he's the guy that if they have to get a catch, that he's the guy they go to. Um, I think that, you know, 5.4 points, sure, maybe uh, maybe the Dolphins knew something that other teams didn't against him, and they just had a really good game plan for him. So I, I can't say that, um, that that's going to happen going forward. I think that Philly definitely has a, a good chance, and their offense is going to have to pick up as they still have a chance at the playoffs. So they're going to have to go to their most trusted guys, in my opinion. Yeah, so then getting into our next guy, Ian, we're going to go with uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, with the addition of Kareem Hunt, he's definitely not as valuable as he was to initially start the year. That's actually why I didn't draft him in one of my leagues, and I'm still trying to figure out if I actually regret that decision or not because he was so good for most of this year. He's leading the league in rushing. Yeah, he's leading the league in rushing yards, but now that we're in the playoffs, how valuable really is he? And I think that's what we're going to kind of dive into right here. He's in an offense with a struggling quarterback, even though they, Odell and Jarvis Landry had that really good game like two weeks ago or whatever. Forget about that. That's an anomaly. It was Miami. Yeah, it was Miami. It's an anomaly. It's whatever. Forget about it. Nick Chubb is losing receptions to Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. Kareem Hunt's actually taking some touches too. So Nick Chubb, 8.9 against the Steelers was his lowest tally for the year. And most people would be like, oh, like every running back's going to have a bad game where they just don't find the end zone. They get these rushers. Maybe they have a fumble, so on and so forth. I think this actually shows something. Yes, he leads the league in rushing, but he's not getting receptions anymore. He's had four since Kareem Hunt has come back. Four receptions. That's about three games, four games, I believe. So divide that up. That's one one extra point per game, which is not valuable anyways. 8.9 against the Steelers team, who the Steelers have actually been playing some decent football, minus their lack of offense and stuff like that. Yeah, they've so gotten defense, Minka, and they've looked yeah, a lot better since that. Their defense is pretty good, but... Nick Chubb is right now just a straight running back, and it's almost reminds it's almost identical to a Sony Michelle kind of situation, where you're not getting receptions. There's other people stealing your catches in James White, and you're a straight runner who needs to find the end zone. So basically, you're betting is Nick Chubb going to find the end zone, and that's kind of how you play Sony Michelle. So for me, Nick Chubb, he carried you throughout the regular season. He got your team to the playoffs. I don't know how much he's really going to help your team in the playoffs now maybe take a chance with Geis as we just talked about maybe just depends <laughs> but I just don't see you know Baker Mayfield has not looked good all year to me I think you know he, he plays a bad team he plays well um that's about the only time you're gonna get anything good out of him so mm-hmm. I mean like both Odell I mean Jarvis Landry has looked much better than Odell this year agreed I think that their passing offense has been very weak and you know sometimes guys go to the running back uh if they're not wor- if they're not working you know throwing to the receivers and Nick Chubb's not going to get that that's going to be Kareem Hunt they're going to bring him in uh, similar to what he did in Kansas City, he's going to be the pass catcher out of the backfield, which in a PPR league, a, a running back 
who has no chance of getting any catches uh, is less valuable than a guy who could get three to four to five, which is extra points. So, I mean, uh, especially if he, he's not going to put up double-digit points. I mean, I'm not saying that he won't do that throughout the year, but uh, I'd take my chances at, at a guy who's going to catch, like, m- at least get some volume at, in the passing game when, when he doesn't have much promise and their offense has not been scoring. 13 points against the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers do have a good defense. I'll give them that. But you're right. Nick Chubb, he's gonna have, he has some issues right now. Hello. This is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. But nonetheless, heading to another guy that's had some issues this year, George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, he had the ankle injury. Um, then he comes back, had a big game on Monday night. I just, I think that... Their offense wasn't doing that well against the Ravens. Obviously, they have good safeties and Earl Thomas. I'd may- maybe they were looking away from that, trying to go uh, Moser and some of the guys out of the backfield. And I just – Debo Samuel even, I think he caught a touchdown. But I think that it was just a good defense. I don't think that it's because Kittle is all of a sudden going to fall off the table. I think that the tight end position has no depth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's another tight end that had a bad day, but he's an elite tight end. And like you just mentioned, there's not a lot of depth. There's not really much you can do in this situation here. And even if it was a running back kind of in this situation, I wouldn't really be freaking out. I mean, he's a top four fantasy tight end. He had 3.4 fantasy points, which, yes, it's terrible. It's his it's his lowest total by five fantasy points. So right there, that should give you some kind of confidence that, all right, this was such an anomaly. There's no need to freak out. The fact it was five, like, there's times where people will – just have a bad game and then they just keep having that same repetitive game but even in the bad games that he's had this year he's what putting up 10 so for me I'm not worried about Kittle at all obviously I'm gonna agree with you that it was a Ravens defense that has looked spectacular this year and I think another thing is like the 49ers are not used to people scoring on them so they have a lot more offensive opportunity Mm -hmm. more time of more time of possession I don't think they got that um, yeah, with the Ravens actually being able to move the ball against that, especially defense. when it's mainly rushing too that the Ravens are doing. Yeah, I would love to see that be the Super Bowl matchup. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so for me though, just to sum it all up, I'm not afraid about Kittle at all. For me, definitely still a starter in your fantasy yeah, playoffs. Neither of the tight ends we mentioned, I would be worried about starting. Not at all. They're both top four easily. And that'll actually bring me to my first must start of the week, Ryan Tannehill. He's up against the Raiders team, and he's red hot right now. Like. He's stepped into this role in Tennessee, Shane, and he's looked like a Hall of Fame quarterback, honestly. He's looked magnificent so far. Um, just to go back to the Raider matchup, he's a, they're a top three friendly quarterback defense in fantasy points. They give up 22.4 fantasy points per game. Every single week since he's been the starting quarterback, he's put up over 19 fantasy points, except for last week where he had 14, but... A little bit of a tough matchup there. We're going to let him go. He's little, but I can't even exaggerate how great he's been for this Titan team, really. He's stepped in over 19 fantasy points every week, and he's now made them a playoff contender. For me, you have to ride the... <clears throat> sorry, the basketball game voice. Uh, you have to ride the hot hand. you got to start the guy up against a defense that's given up over 20 fantasy points per game. To he, quarterbacks. He came in, he made Marcus Mariota look like Ryan Tanhill. Um, <laughs> you know, he came in and he was he's he's been five and one and 
made the Titans offense look good, who had a lot of weapons that Marcus Mariota was not capitalizing on. And mm -hmm. I think Ryan Tannehill has been able to come in and really capitalize on that. Getting into my first start, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that I previously mentioned about having a great week, Devontae Parker versus the Jets. The Jets is just not a good defense. And I, I think Parker coming off a huge performance, I think they're going to look to continue that. He's now scored 15-plus fantasy points three, three straight times um, and four over the last five games. I think he'll continue to produce a great total against the Jets, who has given up 11 scores and the seventh most fantasy points to receivers lined out wide this year. Um, if Unless it's Jamal Adams covering, I don't see anyone else uh, who could stop him. He is an absolute monster. Um, you, you saw him absolutely moss the guy in the in the game, and I think that multiple times <laughs> he's be, he's actually looking like such a stud. Uh, but I think he's the only reason he's not getting the recognition is because he plays in Miami. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna hurt you. So exactly. I definitely say start him against the Jets at home. Yeah, and that brings me to Devonta Freeman, who going kind of back earlier to our thing about the Panthers' rush defense, we're gonna kind of exploit that right here with Devonta Freeman. He's a man who's had a relatively bad season by his standards, I would say which I'm really happy I didn't draft because he started slow, barely picked it up, and then kind of went back down. Right now he's running back 23. He's arguably, but he arguably has the easiest fantasy matchup of the entire week in any position across all pl uh, platforms and everything. The Panthers have surrendered the second most fantasy points per game to running backs, the most rushing touchdowns, not to mention Darius Geis, who tore him apart for 12.9 yards per carry for two touchdowns and had 27.7 fantasy points. How can you look at that matchup right there and go, yeah, he's not going to go. He's going to go under 15 fantasy points. Like, that is crazy. And Darius Geis barely had any catches either. He had two catches on the day. So it's not like he was boosting it right there. That's straight rushing from Darius Geis. So Devonta Freeman, a guy who really isn't a big pass catcher, he might even get some catches in this game to bolster his stats up a little bit. But right here, Devonta Freeman, a must start. And for me, I think has the potential to be a top five play this week. Definitely. I definitely can see that being the case. Uh, my second start is going to be Kareem Hunt versus Cincinnati. I think that we just mentioned how Nick Chubb is, in my opinion, on the fall. Uh, and uh, But I think Kareem Hunt's a guy that you have to start against a a very bad Bengals defense who's uh, 26th in the league against opposing running backs. But Kareem Hunt in a PPR league per, uh, gives you the pass-catching ability out of the backfield. Um, he already has, you know, most of, most of his stats are going to come from the passing game. And he's going to get that, uh, especially against a, a Kareem Hunt's really been the only bright spot for this team in the last couple of weeks, in my opinion, as uh, last week, I think, oh, I guess Jarvis Landry too, but Baker looked bad. I don't know where Odell's gone, and Nick Chubb, of course, looked bad, but Kareem Hunt's a guy that you can rely on, and I can definitely see him being able to put up really good numbers against the Bengals in Week 14. Yeah, I've been super impressed with Kareem Hunt since he's come back, and that, that'll bring me to Alshon Jeffrey, my third and final start of the week. I believe he's the only bright spot in this Eagles offense, maybe with the exception of Zachary when he's on, which he has been the past couple weeks, but before that, not really. He's wide receiver 39, which would show he is having a down year by his standards, but he's still a solid fantasy aspect. He's coming off a massive week of 28.7 fantasy points against the Dolphins in a game that they lost to the Dolphins, obviously. Uh, he plays a Giants team who has allowed the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and the third most reception touchdowns. So... In a game that, honestly, I think is going to be kind of close. I think we're going to see a lot of Alshon Jeffrey this week with Wentz needing to turn to his top targets as he's actually had a really bad year also. So 
I feel like Wentz is going to turn to Ertz and turn to Jeffrey a lot in this really favorable passing matchup. And I don't see Miles Sanders or um, oh, I'm, Jordan Howard, sorry, Jordan Howard having a major week at all this week or having any effect. So for me, Alshon Jeffrey, another major fantasy aspect. Yeah, he had a really good week last week with the touchdown, and the, I think he had uh, north of five catches. Um, but for my final start is going to be uh, the Chargers running backs, either one, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Um, I think Austin Eckler gives you the better pass-catching pass ability in the PPR leagues, um, but he's just as good in non-PPR leagues as well. I mean, he's had at least a touchdown or 90 yards, uh, 90 total yards in 10 of the 12 games he's played this season. And I think they're going to be a Jacksonville defense that is 24th against opposing running backs and just got absolutely destroyed by Tampa Bay's running backs um, last week. I think they got blown out. I think that the Chargers are going to be able to get ahead of the um, the Jaguars, and I just don't think they're going to turn back, and they're just going to keep powering it down the throat with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. I just don't think it's going to be a good uh, a good week for Jacksonville's defense against both these running backs who are I, in my opinion, both going to put up good numbers. So I would say start whichever one you have. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. And that'll take me to my sits now. And hear me out on this one. Drew Brees. Two of his last four games, he's had under 12 fantasy points, both against the Atlanta Falcons, who are a top eight uh, in fantasy points allowed per game to quarterbacks. So really easy matchups. He struggled there. This week he finds himself against the 49ers, who are just elite compared to um the Atlanta Falcons the Breeze or Michael Thomas holds in 40% of the team's passing targets he's going to be up against Richard Sherman and the other elite defenders on this 49ers defending core the 49ers are a top four defense and allowing fantasy points per game to uh quarterbacks so all that right there combined I don't see how Drew Reese can really have a great day unless they're behind and it becomes a shootout. But even in a shootout, like how many games have the 49ers played in this year where you're like, oh, this quarterback's gonna this quarterback has put up massive numbers, but his yards only went up because they played the 49ers. Like, even in situations where teams are losing to the 49ers, they're not just racking up garbage yards because the 49ers defense is just that good that they're just not getting that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're saying. But I got you. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487.